is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgages, Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern, bringing you over 20 years experience in the Maryland and Southern Pennsylvania region. And also with me, the one and only from Presidential Bank Mortgage with all that money in the vault. I don't know if it's all in there or not, but... Still in there. Mr. Kern. <laughs> hey buddy, how you doing? Good, how are you? Okay, all right. We're going to get into the numbers and everything. Phone lines are open, 301-694-9363. Or you can also text in any question or comments that you have, but we definitely like to hear from you, no doubt about it, because what is ever on your mind is important to us. And so, all right, Terry, here we go, July the 8th, and um, shout out, this is my stepfather, Nick Bethman, who uh, was in my life for a long period of time, um, from the time I was about 12 or 13, until um, he passed. Um, he would have been 91 today, 91 wow. years old, wow. so yeah. But one day I'll see him in heaven. And uh, so, yep, yep, yep. So shout out to my mother. I know it's a little bit of a hard day. And, you know, Terry, I was thinking about where we were for his 60th birthday. I still looked at the picture. And we lived in Ocean City. And um, and uh, we used to fly the banners. And we had our stores in the boardwalk and our boat down there when they had the old boat motel mm -hmm. where all the condos are, where Shantytown used to be in West Ocean City. So for anybody that remembers back in the early 90s what life used to look like in Ocean City, that was uh, that was part of my Trader home Lee's suite. beer garden. What's That's that? Trader Lee's beer garden. Yeah, all of that. So, yeah, I was thinking about all that, and I was thinking about this very day, the party we had, and all the fun we had, and all the fireworks out on the beach when we would, uh, you know, see that from the stores and all that, and a lot of good memories. And so that was one of the highlights. And he also, for a while, drove the tram when he was in his seventy-two years old or whatever for a while. Um, drove one summer, him and my mom drove the tram that goes up and down the boardwalk and all, got to meet a lot of people. And so, Very cool. yeah, a lot of fun stuff. All right. So July the 8th, show number 312. Let's get into the inventory. Wow. It's come up a little bit. I'll tell you, we can't break 300, but we're at 273. Last week we were at 260 and 162 resale homes in the uh, county. We had 142. We've been averaging a little bit more. So we're up a tiny bit, uh, days on market, 37. So that's staying pretty stable. We were as high as 42, and that was more so towards in the fall. We're at 37 right now with a median price of 555. New construction is down, 111. Okay. Yeah, we Losing used to be- uh, is what they're doing. Yeah, so new construction, 111. Coming soon to 61. We've been staying right around that uh, area quite a bit. Depending on the contract, 511 with 201 brand new homes under contract and 310 resale with an average time in 19 days on the market. And in the last 30 days, we've had 368 sales, which is definitely about half of the amount that we normally would have with an average time of 15 days and 575 price. But the big thing we talked about before that our listeners need to know about is the sold to list price is at 101.4, which is a huge indicator. Uh, back in the fall when things were flatter, when Kenny McLean, our, one of our appraisers, was on talking about the market and how the dip was and all that stuff like that, it's so true that during that time, we got down, if you remember, about 98%, 97 and a half, 98, and I thought, no panic button until we get below 95, and we've been hanging at almost 100 to 104%, and so what that takes into account, a lot of people need to know, Terry, 
is that some properties um, are obviously getting above asking price still by a margin, and then there's some that are getting below asking price. But when you factor those all in, the majority of the market is still doing uh, above the um, list to sold price. And some of that is the fact that a lot of us real estate agents are very smart about this market right now and about advising sellers that if you literally overprice your home, it seems like by a penny, you're going to be on the market more than that 10 or 12 day uh, time frame to be able to make a pivot and move. And therefore, you're just going to it's going to be ugly. It's going to be not good for you. So I think some of that is definitely happening. One of my sellers I just had this last week, um, we had a contract deal fall through. Buyers walked away, got cold feet. It was at asking price, the actual wow. price. Don't hear that. With no closing, no nothing. They walked away with cold feet, which was ridiculous. But people can do what they want. My sellers were a little bit concerned. I said to them, don't worry. Here's what I'm going to do. And as we remarketed it, and I did some things like that and gave some strategies in place, lo and behold, we had two other offers. One of them came in, Terry, check this out, $20,000 above the asking price with a $20,000 appraisal gap, which we've not seen in a long time. And, um, and the terms and conditions were great and perfect. So therefore, my sellers now are really excited. They're really happy that that buyer walked away because they're looking at the possibility of getting, and I think it will appraise fine, and they're looking at the possibility of getting $20,000 more than they would have gotten just a week ago. Now, is this an unusual situation? Everybody say yes, like yes, yes, yes. Is it because I'm the good real estate agent? Maybe, <laughs> probably not. I don't know, don't wanna go there. I just simply say, look, things happen, you put the right strategies in place, you just never know what's gonna happen out there. And it's so far working out for a better situation for my sellers. And they're extremely grateful, not only because of what's transpired, but they also know what's in the news. <coughs> and so we're going to go ahead and talk about that. So I'm going to let you open it up, <coughs> excuse me, by me saying this. Terry, do you remember when we were kids and we went through that neat little phase where we were asking our parents over and over about everything in life, why, 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 why? Yes. The biggest thing we ever want to know is well, why this, why that, why this, why that. Uh, and yeah, the biggest thing is when are we going to get there? <coughs> when are we going to get there? Then it was why, 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 why. Why, why, why. <laughs> and then um, as you're a parent, you've had some children and I've got a whole bunch of them. Remember the phase when our kids did this to us, the very thing we did to our parents. Why, why, why. So today, uh, just like last week, I said, why is it so important to have buyer representation and have a good agent on your side helping you? Today, we are going to ask the question, why in the world is something this last week happening that is like, hello, as an adult, we're flipping out asking why. What's going on, Terry? So I, I've said it on the show many, many times is fear breeds fear. Enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. And, and I'm sticking to that because what happened this week and what's happened the last two weeks is, so I was not on the show last week. But the week before, I talked about what was going to be very, very important. And the two things that I talked about was, number one, jobs. Okay. And number two, inflation. All the other figures are going to be looked at, but really not calculated when determining whether they're going to raise rates or not. Okay? So here's what happened this past week is the biggest volatile day that we've had in a long time was Thursday. 
rates went up, the bonds went way up, everything kind of went crazy because ADP, Automated Data Processing, ADP, everybody knows ADP. ADP's job is to estimate, estimate what the jobs report is going to show the next day, right? So they kind of come in and they uh, estimated that, uh, they estimated that um, what we're taking a look at is um, they came in and estimated that there was going to be 497,000 new jobs created. Okay. When in fact, uh, the forecast was at around 228. And so pandemonium kind of set in. Fear breeds fear. Pandemonium breeds pandemonium. Pandemonium sets in. Everybody kind of goes nuts. Rates go through the roof. And boom, on Thursday, we hit a 20-year high. Think about this, Darren. A 20-year high in interest rates. We're over 7%. We're up at 7.25%. Right. And I'm going to go over some numbers. So what ADP did was they basically um, estimated that that was going to happen. So what do you think happened the next day? Next day is when they actually came out. And it was actually Friday, Friday morning. The jobs numbers came out, and there was only 209,000 jobs created, but the market took ADP's number and caused such volatility that when the real number came out, they were kind of like, eh, well, you know, we're not going to correct anything. So it, so the stock market still hit 200, you know, almost 200-point loss. Rates continued to rise a little bit. So what we had was we had basically, and I'm not going to say everybody says fake news, but ADP underestimated, and that caused a tremendous amount of panic in the market, thinking that the jobs. Now, I said that two things are going to really determine the rates, and number one is going to be the unemployment rate, and that was at 3.7%, and with the new jobs that were created, it dropped it down to 3.6%. So the market for jobs is still strong, okay? Yeah. Still stronger than expected, but the jobs that were created were a lot less than what caused the the volatility on Thursday. So the bottom line is the last two weeks, we've seen rates steadily go up, and the reason they're going up is because of the fear that the Fed is going to raise rates again and keep raising rates till this job market is is broken, okay? And to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense because look at the numbers are inflation. So this Wednesday is going to be a big, big day in the market, okay? okay? Yeah. Circle it on your calendar, the 12th. Okay, Wednesday morning, CPI, Consumer Price Index, is going to come out. And that's going to direct, my belief, it's going to direct the markets and it's going to direct the feds on what to do next. And what's going to happen, in my opinion, is I think that we're going to continue to see a even or a slight cooling of the inflation. And we're going to see a correction in the market on Wednesday. Could be wrong, but I think that that's what is going to happen is the consumer price index, the CPI is going to come out Wednesday morning. Look at that number. Watch what the markets do. And my belief is that the bond market will correct itself. It's so overpriced right now that it's crazy. Think about what I said two minutes ago. 
we're at a 20-year high. That blows my mind. Last time rates were this high was 2003, okay? Where are they going to be, okay? What are they going to do? I think that we're going to see a correction, okay? What does that mean when you say a correction? I guess my question was the Fed meets on the 26th coming up. Is that right? <coughs> yes. All right, what do you think is going to happen if this has nothing to do with the Fed getting ready to meet and possibly raise interest rates again, and it's not being baked into the pie, and this is all these other factors that are that have caused these last week or two to go up as much as they have and now hit a 20-year high, um, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are you, the, what's the Fed going to do that we're hearing about now coming up? I know we're a little ways off. So if I'm on the federal, if I'm on the Fed board. I would take a look at what CPI and the PPI, the producer price index, are next week. Okay. okay? They have, and, and they don't promise us. They tell us, right? They say, going forward, we're not going to raise rates. We're not going to lower rates. We're not going to adjust rates. We're going to study the data, and then we're going to make the decision at that point. So what the market is doing is they're baking in that they're going to keep moving the market. But let's take a look at the CPI. Let's take a look at the PPI. Next Saturday, we'll talk about it, and we'll know kind of a direction. So when I mean that there's room for an adjustment, okay, it, or a correction, is I think that the bonds, I think, have raised, and that causes our rates to raise, and I think our rates are so overpriced right now that there is room f to improve if the if the news comes out as expected or a little better now if the news comes out that inflation is rearing its head again and it's coming back then we're going to see we're going to see 7 and 3 quarters by next friday okay okay if that number comes out really high it's going to i believe it's going to hurt the market so am i telling you to float if this was me if it was me if i just bought a house this past friday I would not lock in my rate until I saw what the CPI was doing. Now, take in mind that rates will come down in the next two years, okay? We're at a 20-year high right now. Okay. they got to be lower than where they are now. And the presidential election, I think, is going to correct a lot of things. So we're going to see a tremendous amount of people going with adjustable rate mortgages. We're going to see a tremendous amount of people having to pay points. Okay, why do they have to pay points? Yeah, I'd asked you that. I think it was this last week or, or a couple lenders, and I had said, um, yeah, what is up with this? What is up with this whole – explain that to, to our audience um, because we went so long where everything was no points. Which And so explain what points are and why it's such a more standardized thing, if you will, at this point and how that affects everything. God. Okay, a lot of people are listening today and they say – I've never paid a point in my life. Okay? Oh, good, yeah. So what is a point? A point is what we charge you to borrow money, and you have what's called par. So if you're any golf knowledge, par is 72. So anything above par costs points. Anything below par is a premium, right? So what we're taking a look at is is when you had when you had. 3% interest rates, when you had 4%, when you had 2.75, when rates were low, nobody paid points unless they were going to buy their rate down. Right. Okay? Okay. One point equals 1% of the loan amount. So we're going to use a couple of things here. We're going to take a look at four 
$400,000, okay? That's the loan amount, $400,000. One point is 1% or $4,000 to get the rate to buy it down. Generally, to pay a point, you are buying it down by, if you pay a point, $4,000, you'll buy it down by a quarter percent in interest rate. So if I'm at three and a quarter, $400,000 loan, I say, I want to pay a point, I'm going to get 3%, I'm going to lock that rate in because I know I'm not going to move or I'm not going to do anything, and basically that is buying the rate down. That's okay at 3%, three and a quarter percent. So my recommendation is pay the least amount of points as possible. But here's what's happened. Rates have gone up so fast and so furious that the investors, people that invest these, that's lending you this money, the same people that were lending you the money at three and a quarter percent, they don't want a seven and a quarter percent interest rate on their books, Right. No. <laughs> Everybody wants a seven and a quarter percent interest rate on your books. You would think. Everybody listening is going, why wouldn't a bank want seven and a quarter percent interest rate on their books? Yeah, they make more money, doesn't it sound it right? Makes more money. So if they pay the the if they pay us, if they pay you know, these are the people that we sell the loans to, Freddie and Fanny. If they pay us to to create a seven and a quarter percent rate the margin is going to be very small and they're going to we're going to have to charge a point just to get the 7 and a quarter because they know that they don't want that loan on their book so they're going to pay a very small commission or margin okay. to the people selling it and because they know that what 18 months from now there's a good chance that that loan's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. It's going to be off their books because it's going to be refinanced. <clears throat> so there was higher margins to sell a three percent loan. Wow. Then there is a higher margin. Then there's a much lower margin to sell a seven and a quarter percent loan. Which it seems it's flipped. It seems like it's just totally illogically backwards. But that's the truth of the inside of how it works with mortgages. Yes. So. The investors don't want, they know that these loans are going to be on their books for a very short time. Yep. So they're going to decrease the margins and increase the amount of money that you have to pay to get it. Okay. okay. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Did I yep. explain that okay? Oh, that's good. What you guys just heard is huge. This is, yeah, this one, you may have to dig really deep in YouTube videos to even just talk, find what we just talked about because this is kind of like we just put the curtains back pretty deep, right, Terry? The Wizard of Oz has shown his secrets, okay? There you go. The bottom line here is that don't panic. Don't be afraid. What I'm telling people is if you are at seven and a quarter percent, okay, and if you're at seven and a quarter percent and you're locking in at seven and a quarter, we can also take a look at an adjustable rate mortgage at 6.75 or whatever. But this loan is not going to be on, if it's not going to be on Fannie and Freddie's books for very long, that means you're going to refinance in a short amount of time. So let's take a look at what I usually advise people is, number one, have a, have a nest egg, okay? okay? Don't exhaust all of your cash because when you exhaust all of your cash and you move into a new house, you're all of a sudden it's like, okay, 
we need a deposit for this, we need this, we need this, we need this, we need a new this, we need... And then all of a sudden you're like, I have no cash, plus my mortgage payment is about... Plus my mortgage payment is about $600 more than I wanted to pay. So what I say is, create a nest egg, have reserves. I look very strongly at reserves. How many months can you get through? Somebody says, well, that payment's $300 more than I than my budget is. And I'll, and I'll explain to them, look at three years of $300 a month payment, right? If you're uncomfortable for $300 a month, figure in the next three years you're going to be able to refinance that loan. Okay, so that's thirty six hundred dollars a year. So that's basically eleven thousand, almost twelve thousand dollars that you're taking a look at to to have as a nest egg to help offset that payment. So let's go over a couple of numbers. And, and I, I know I've taken a little longer, but that's good. Four hundred thousand dollar mortgage. If you refinanced two years ago, or if you bought a new house two years ago. At 3%, there's a lot of people under 3%, a lot of people, you know, three and a quarter, but your principal and interest on a $400,000 mortgage at 3% was $1,686. Today, at seven and a quarter percent, that same mortgage of $400,000 is $2,728, over a $1,000 difference more. a month. Yep. Think so about that. That's the the buying power that you would lose. So, let's talk about if rates come down during the general election to 5%. They're predicted to be in that 5%, 4.5% range. If it comes down to 5%, that payment of 2728 principal and interest only, not taxes, not insurance, and you can refinance at 5%, it would drop to $2,147. So, you would save about $600 Two years from now, okay? So so don't sit on the sideline because rates are high. Be prepared to carry that high rate for three years, okay? It'll most likely be 18 months, right? But prepare yourself for three years. If you don't have it, prepare yourself for at least two years. You'll get the opportunity to refinance, and you'll save at $600, if that makes sense yeah. to do. So I'm not t- saying, yeah, wait till the rates come down, because when, as soon as the rates come down, what's going to happen is there's going to be a bottleneck trying to get these homes because the demand is going to go through the roof. Yeah, rates down, demand When rates come up, down, demand's going to go through the roof. Which means inventory's not going up, but as these rates, and we just saw it, we're at 273. We've come up 20 homes in one week. And at this pace that we're going on, Terry, I do believe we could go above 300 now pretty quickly. The yeah. way things are now, I, I really do. Yeah, so there's one last stat that I want to read to you, yep. and, and and this is just, uh, it's amazing. 82% of the people surveyed mm-hmm. feel that they are locked in to their current mortgage at whatever it is. And I don't mean locked in as in they feel like they cannot sell their house because that gap that I just talked to you about, the 3% to the 7 and a quarter yeah, percent, yeah. is too high to absorb, and they're going to hang in there. So 82% of the people out there are not selling their house because of the current mortgage that they have, and they're going to hang in there. So <clears throat> that goes back to what you and I are saying. Somebody gets transferred. Somebody's a first-time buyer, yada, yada, yada. 
all the way up the ladder. But 82% of the people that own a home now don't want to sell because of their current interest rate. And it was that high, I believe, Terry, when we were back at six and a quarter, not seven and a quarter. It was was like that. This is just adding insult to injury at that point. Yes. What would you say about adjustable loan? The reason why I want to talk about this real quick um, that's really important the last few minutes here is, number one, um, we have a buyer we've been working with, $7,000 of affordability away from buying their dream home with a barn to put horses on and everything. Mm-hmm. They're this close because of so many different factors, <clears throat> but one of the saddest factors is the fact that I had asked you, I said, when rates were at 6% or 55 or 6 just three, four, five months ago, could they have bought in this home? And the answer is, well, yeah, they could have afforded the price that the for sale by owner is asking. The for sale by owner guy is not coming off his, his bid. He wanted to rent it. And what's really a unique for sale by owner, this house has been on the market for over 30 days. Mm-hmm. If I got a hold of it or any other agent, you already know this would have been sold already and then some and probably for more. But the unique scenario of it really goes back to our buyer that – Man, oh man, it's like this close, and and now it becomes uh, affecting affordability, and uh, an arm alone, you know, in some circumstances, whether it's this one we're dealing with or others out there, is it even? What are the stipulations that would be beneficial? What has to happen for an arm loan to be able to bridge that gap and get somebody into a property, whereas with an FHA or conventional or whatever, they wouldn't be able to? So one of the hardest things that I have to explain to a borrower is the adjustable rate mortgage is really not a bad loan. Okay. Okay. 2008, 2009, 2010, all those loans that crashed, there were so many bad adjustable rates that were like, um, they call them exotic mortgages that were just bad and they were out there. So, so arms have a bad name. Our number one product at Presidential Bank right now, the product that we sell the most is our 7-1 adjustable rate mortgage. People are looking at that because you're locked in for seven years. It's safe. And in the next seven years, we're going to be able to refinance. And that's a lower interest rate than the seven it, and a quarter. It's usually a half to three quarters lower than right. the seven so and a quarter. So that could be at six and a half or so potentially. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, and that and that makes sense. Yes, so ours is at six and a half percent. And um, yes, so so that helps tremendously. Does that have additional fees versus a straight out conventional or FHA or VA loan for an arm loan? Is there a difference in fees to get that? There's a that one, one point. point of there's there's that one point, but everybody's paying a point with every loan right now. Okay, because so nobody no wants diff- it on. There's the no books. difference. Like wow, this is going to cost me five thousand dollars more to be able to get this great lower interest rate by three quarters or a half. No, it's basically the same pricing, just a lower rate. All right. Um, and and that's our number one product. All right, and that's what people want to know. We got two minutes left. Here we go, Terry. The home I got under contract, I saw in their their thing, it's twenty percent down conventional loan, and their rate, Terry, was seven point two zero for okay. this loan that we just accepted. And to me, I'm thinking didn't seem to bother them at all in that regard in this situation. But I do have buyers that um, a n- number of them now this week, as you can imagine. That has been difficult to deal with in sense of them asking, what is going on? And wait a minute, should I hold off? Some of my buyers, it's the first time they've actually considered, should I hold off completely from buying? We've heard mm-hmm. your program, Darren. We know you're smart. We know it is. But now we're starting to realize, 
Should we just hold off? Because now they're thinking, well, if rates are going to keep going up, which we're hoping they just don't, that they're actually going to flatten out and start to come down. I said, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. I can't tell you what to do. Um, but yes, I can absolutely validate your feelings of, wait a minute, is this good to do right now? Is this making sense with everything? You're a popular guy. So I know. I get, I get 50 <laughs> calls a day, Terry, if not sometimes more. Um, so that's the hope is that they'll come down over time. So my biggest thing I want to share in the last minute here is this. How does seven and a quarter percent rate now affect affordability? Well, we know it takes away purchasing power from a buyer, which that's where you can evaluate two weeks ago or three weeks ago, you could afford five hundred thousand. Now you can do four sixty or whatever it is. That's on that side. But I told everybody months ago, and if you go back to my programs, this is really important. For every quarter of a point increase in interest rates, I've always recommended to my sellers since we were at six and a half, now it's three quarters percent higher, to evaluate the asking price by one to two percent, which means now up to five to six percent less than you would have put the home into the market just uh, previously at, at, at a couple months ago. And so now when rates go up, consider instead of say that $500,000 asking price based on the data and other factors, if those weren't in place, for 490 would make sense in the mind of the market, if you will, to be at because of the 725. So, hey guys, next week we're going to continue this conversation. We want to hear from you. Take care. Have a great, great weekend. Happy buying and selling from your Frederick Real Estate Update. Take care now.